Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Sometimes my microphone doesn't start right off the bat, but thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we have a big show. It's going to be our Christmas show, taking next week off. We're in a ho-ho-ho sweater. Uh, and there was some news, federal news. Prosecutors are asking the Biden administration to keep it illegal. Wait till they find out about THCA hemp. Uh, there's also some researchers about marijuana. And we do a cascade of changes at the state level because of trigger laws. We're going to call uh, cover that. That's a really interesting aspect of Schedule 3 that should just magically start making cannabis, at least for medical purposes, legal nationwide. We have a 420 somewhere. We have uh, some five state cannabis uh, markets that launched this year. Uh, Steezy, which is sometimes accidentally pronounced Stizzy, is also uh, in our news. We got some stuff out of Michigan. We got some stuff out of Washington. Florida uh, gave us some news. Missouri gave us some news. Maryland closed. There was a lot of applications in Maryland. So why don't we get to our trending story of the week and bring on our co-host. What's what happening, I'm trying to figure out the uh, Instagram live thing. It's not. Are we working. live on Instagram? We're, I don't we're not think so. Live on Instagram? Yeah, Damn. we're trying new new tech. Uh, but yeah, at least on my side of things, I'm not going to. Again, it's, it's a weird tab. You got to click on something while you do something. So, hey, happy Sunday. Yeah. Hey, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> StreamYard says that they, it, we can now stream on Instagram. But I guess uh, Miggy and I have not figured that one out yet, which is nice because then we have several people that are uh, on our Instagrams. I actually have a troll because I changed my name from Cannabis Industry Lawyer to because I thought I was getting flagged for that to Cannabiz. And I'm going to change the S to a Z. Yeah. Somebody immediately came by and took Cannabis Industry Lawyer and started saying they're me. Like, oh, 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, that's horrible, dude. That that, uh, that. you made it though, man. You made it. Yes, I guess. So did these twenty-nine federal prosecutors, and some of them are former federal prosecutors. And that was out of marijuana moment. It's our lead story for the day. Miggy, put that on up. There we go. Get it? No, go. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Twenty-nine former federal prosecutors urged by the administration to leave marijuana in Schedule One. Naughty people. In a letter sent to heads of the Department of Justice and Drug Enforcement Administration this week, 29 former U.S. attorneys are urging that the Biden administration to leave cannabis and Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substance Act. Arguing marijuana has only become more dangerous and potent and addictive since the government last reviewed it in 2016. What? Yeah. I know. And then, like, when they find out about THCA, they're just going to lose their shit because they're like, wait. So we're arguing against something that's already federally legal. It's just mind-blowingly stupid. Welcome to the cripplingly stupid part of the uh, conversation that we have today. Then guess who's involved in it? I guess I'll go ahead and share mine because I have it now up on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. And it is the, the... Whenever there's something that's like crap news about the cannabis industry and how terrible it is, Sam, smart approaches to marijuana, Uh, is typically involved somehow. So this for immediate release that came out on Thursday, media contact Bob Driscoll, Bob at learnaboutsam.org. If you want to like email him and be like, dude, do you guys know about THCA? Morons. But um, it's more than two dozen former U.S. attorneys from across the nation who served under Republican and Democratic administrations authored a letter and then hopefully that letter is linked right there no it's just a press release what do you think it was uh, actually authored by 29 individuals or just sam created it and then ran around 29 formers and went like hey marijuana bad that's exactly what i think happened like it was written by sam and then they called a whole bunch of prosecutors that are like yeah i still hate weed well would we got a letter for you to sign if you still hate it yeah but why? Why do you still hate it? That's that's my underlying overall as an American citizen, uh, fucking fundamental rights. Uh, do you have your doll with you in the office? That's what you need to break out for these moments, dude. You have your little... Um, my my yes. weed doll? So like where? Yes. Show me on the doll where the weed touched you. Show me. Yeah. 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 That's pretty silly. Because like a, there's a poll that came out as well. of Americans support legalization for medical or recreational use. You can't get 88% of anybody to agree on shit, except for when it's weed, bro. Yeah, even like in my 50 years of life, like uh, I have not yet seen the, where the great cannabis pandemic has, uh, you know, put people on the streets and uh, made them zone out and uh, cause mass accidents. And uh, I don't know what else you imagine that's going to happen when people are just able to have freedom. And it's, it's already legal. That's the that's the real like mind numbing bullshit aspect of it is that because of the way the hemp law works, and this is going to be the, one of our new videos coming out. Uh, about it. Did you know that to be compliant with uh, the hemp program and the rules under the United States Department of Agriculture, you must test your crop for THC potency about four weeks into flower, about halfway through flowering, when like the vast majority of all cannabinoids show up in the last four weeks of flower. And so that's that's when you, you test it. So you test it like 30 days before harvest and it's going to test under the limits. It just it sounds to me you're not even testing a mature plant, right? Overall, like it's like checking the bananas before they turn, you know, when they're green still. Uh, <laughs> or, or like or flowers, like because you know, a lot of fruit because it starts off in mm. a blossom and then, it, then the flower turns into the fruit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those where you just go, wait, you're serious? Yes, and that's what the rule really says. Yes, no wonder that everybody's just sitting there, and then they, there's the flash freezing as well, so you harvest it. And then you don't have to test for potency of that hemp after harvest. It's 30 days before. Well, it proves the ignorance of those who are making the rules actually understand uh, even fundamental agriculture, dude. <laughs> right. Well, I just think it's, um, you know, that rule may also change, but it's one of those rules that you go, oh, that's, that's pretty dumb. Uh, and then what is going to happen with the farm bill? Is that going to change or is is sam going to realize that uh marijuana is legal nationwide because the plant makes thca not delta nine that's what happens after it gets denatured well that i mean 
fucking it's gonna come down to who has the deepest pockets right like either the industry people who are in the industry who who, who actually make money at this thing to invest in uh, uh good rule making that will protect them and you know fundamentally it'll protect everybody i think like you know as much as like everybody bitches about mso's and i've said it over you know i said it four years ago when we started doing this it's like let the big creepy walmarts come in you know because nobody wants to go to jail nobody wants mm-hmm. to violate things that uh, enable uh, bad law enforcement and the more these people are protected the more we are protected individually but and then still big money is big money no matter what uh it's just gross but yeah correct correct oh this new case this uh this article that came out this week also marijuana moment but i want to see if i can trace it back to the to have a blog post on it because this is another uh widely known uh cannabis lawyer throughout the united states sean hauser i believe was quoted on that and she recently i believe joined the vincente law firm mm. um and and so i'm trying to find like because like marijuana moment is fine they have a lot of interlinking which is just links to their other articles but then sure. every now and then they do have a link out to the underlying document that they have this the, the story about oh yeah well then that's how you get good information right i mean that's transparency unless you're in the fda releasing the the letter to the dea uh you know it's not a thing you know everything is redacted yep um, maybe she gave a um a quote to marijuana moment because they aren't giving a link out to it so she probably didn't publish this blog post or something of mm. uh, the trigger laws but this has to this is going to be a video that we'll do i'll put this on the in the hopper to create a video on this you see what happens is when the DEA uh, works, which of course is in the Department of Justice, uh, I, I think, yeah, the Attorney General. So when they reschedule it to Schedule 3 of the Controlled Substances Act, that would automatically trigger certain states to reschedule marijuana under their state's Controlled Substances Act. Because like not just the, the tax code, but very often with other federal laws that are, you know, uh, at play, the states have uh, enabling statutes that fairly match them. So it'll be really interesting to see, um, let's see, states fall into three categories in terms of their response to federal scheduling and slightly more than half the federal scheduling change automatically triggers state level rescheduling. In uh, others, federal rescheduling would initiate a process requiring further action by the state legislature to control uh, that that new uh, rescheduling so like to change the scheduling of marijuana and 10 states don't directly tie their descheduling decisions to uh the controlled substances act in texas however you're going to get legal texas legal weed in texas because it will have a trigger law and the commissioner of the department of health has 30 days after receiving the notice of federal rescheduling to change it at texas which is great news maybe then the uh there was about how many people applied i want to say it was like 138 it's like texas's was real expensive to apply right. i didn't i didn't even work on any of those uh texas and florida and then now like they just aren't doing anything you know they're just kind of like well, holding those applications just holding them yeah and, and and what is it the the real estate requirement how many people are been floating and, and funding uh just to try and meet that part like you know, Texas is a shit show in itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of cost to carry for those poor souls that have applied in Texas. And meanwhile, the you know, THCA flower is being sold on the Internet. Um, you know, like that Dr. Ganja website that I was sharing, which is mm-hmm. just kind of hilarious where it's like it's the same strains even. You know, it's the same stuff that you can buy at the uh, local dispensary. But Chad, a uh, longtime viewer and uh, guest on the show, uh, he asked if... Uh, despite federal re- rescheduling, states will still have thumbs up, thumbs down regarding the legality. No. Uh, and so that was the uh, Schedule 3 video that I put out a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't checked that out, please do. And if you haven't checked out Between Two Dolphins that just dropped last week, it is probably the best video on the channel. You should go watch amazing. Between Two Dolphins. It was amazing. Uh, I like really, I like your new editors that you got working with us. and It's pretty dope. But yeah, yep. the scheduling thing is going to be a, a, a huge, uh, uh, like business, uh, you know, uh, deal breaker for a lot of people, right? Like, 
depending on what part of the plant and what state and how they're functioning. Oh, uh, I can't wait to go do a review on all of those and do the research for that video that I'll be putting out early next year. Cause I don't think the reschedule it'll be telegraphed. And so like, cause of the way that they change these rules, just like the hemp rules were, were telegraphed and, and I still can't believe some stuff got in, but we'll have a public comment that we'll be able to also put into it. And then there's mm. a final rule that'll be published. And typically they are infective 30 days after the final rule is published. So it could be um, medical cannabis in half the states, and then the other ones would have to file suit because follow suit because schedule section nine hundred and three of the Controlled Substances Act says that if it's directly in contradiction, uh, you can't do that, Mister State. So like if they just leave it where it is in Schedule One, like if Idaho's like boo, no, I'm not doing it. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, then we could file a suit in, in Idaho. But in a lot of the other ones, it'll just automatically happen. And so I hope that we have licensing rounds in these other states. Or maybe Texas's uh, cannabis will, would stop being like a CBD hemp program and become a medical marijuana program with THC. Well, and I see Cole asked about the dormant clause, you know, the thing that you've been preaching about for years. And that's pretty much, yeah, that, that, that'll pretty much be the, the, uh, the catalyst for the lawsuits, right? I mean, once... If if descheduling were to happen, and then say a state were to prohibit any sort of uh, you know commerce action or I don't know arrest while transporting through them, you know, would... well, I don't think that. But it would it would be like the supremacy clause, I think, and and so like, the state can't, and then also the Controlled Substances Act itself sits own terms that say you can't directly contradict it. You can try to have it, you know, have the states have some leeway, but if it's in direct, you know, contradiction with what the, the federal law provides, the federal law would win. But the scheduling, I mean, overall would, would enable uh, like a pharmacy player, right? Uh, you would still need to get licensed. And so that's the thing. Uh, so a pharmacist would have to file with the uh, attorney general it, you know, for dispensing the Schedule Three substance, that's still like every Walgreens probably, like yeah, every yeah. Walgreens definitely has to have um, their uh, some type of filing with the DEA. Um, right. That'd be another interesting uh, rabbit hole of research to get into when I have some time this holiday because we won't be doing the show next week. Remember that. Yeah, it's nice to have a break once in a while. I hope well, you guys Christmas. Are it's literally Christmas next week, and so it's it? our Christmas show. Yeah, I wish we had like a, a little overlay of snow and some jingly bells. Do we have any jingly bells that we could do? Uh, no, we don't. Not even in the audio thingy. But it's uh, too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. Well, at least we do have the funny flute. There we go. Yeah. Keep working on the theme music, man. Uh, anyway, this is one of those articles that. Duh. It's like one of those articles, I think, duh, when I see these ones. Um, yeah. States that ban marijuana unten unintentionally promote unregulated Delta-8 THC products, federally funded study says. So Ooh. they're finally doing the science. Yeah, right. We really need a no-ship bumper. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, we kind of, <laughs> I think we have something that's kind of like a no-ship bumper, but it's this. I mean, unintentionally promote. I mean, I mean, you just enable a market, right? It's just like, dude, I just bought. So I got a friend, uh, a plug that I wanted to do a segment on. But I bought some weed at a store and I spent $65 for a quarter and $10 dabs. And then from a, a plug who got weed from California, uh, I spent $75 for a quarter in a half gram cart. And it's, to me, it's like, the legalization is winning like 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 the black market traditional market uh splitting up court it's not fucking uh feasible you know to to survive you know only the grower uh, uh really knows the worth right like uh they're in profit their bottom line for what it takes to produce x amount of pounds or whatever um yeah yeah well and then then you have our state who fucks the grower because they tax the shit out of them so well they still have licenses and they've kind of put the guy out of business in washington state because your price points are so low like you're when i go buy weed in seattle it is our wholesale price here in illinois like uh yeah. there's been two dispensaries that have opened now in my home city of peoria the cookies is open and at ivy hall which is related to verano but not really you know because of ownership restrictions those mm -hmm. are both open but you know you're going to go walk out the door with a sixty dollar eighth after you've paid your taxes. You 
know? And so it's right. still going to be $60 eighth. If you want a vape cart, it's going to be like 50, 60 bucks there. And so like the prices in uh, Missouri and also in uh, Michigan are substantially cheaper. So I can't wait for more people to come online uh, and get those craft grows going so that the, uh, the price point comes down. But this is uh, the article. And okay. it has to do with the research was published in JAMA on Wednesday. And it says, and it was a federally funded study published by the American Medical Association as well. Uh, and it saw that these researchers from the University of Michigan, Buffalo and Legacy Research surveyed about 1,200 adults. And they showed results that CBD usage has increased by 50% since 2019, with more than one in five Americans reporting usage of the non-intoxicating uh, cannabinoid. And however... Uh, they also started to report more usage of Delta-8 and uh, mm -hmm. CBG and CBN. Uh, and in states where they do not have uh, access to high-quality medical cannabis products, those states are more likely, twice as likely, to use Delta-8 in non-legal blows my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind the amount of products and people that have taken that chance now just to get into the hemp part of things, right? Like we joke about gas station CBD stuff, but there are legit growers and farmers that are selling their flour across the mail, meeting the, the COAs and whatnot until you spark it up and then, you know, it gives you a good fuzzy or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's almost the same. It's um, very fascinating. Yeah, but then it's one of those things where, um, if it was legal in that state or if it was legal nationwide, I mean, like the, you can't then sell it like nationwide like you can when you say it's THCA hemp, you know, and you can use a credit card. Schedule three might allow that credit card to be used when you're making a payment, a purchase uh, in the future for regular mm -hmm. weed dispensary. But, um, you know, the taxes will go away. So it'll be more of an even playing field. However, like the yeah. regulatory requirements. So like in, in, you know, well, we're going to take a quick smoke break, but uh, we'll, we'll get back to our salacious regulatory uh, requirement discussion here in just a bit. Hey, everybody. Uh, I did a little thing for you. I'm not going to let that go, but uh, I'm going to put this one in the comments. And so I've, I've created some course content material and you guys can learn from me about how much it costs and what they make in limited market versus open market states. It's ridiculous. Like the uh, spread of what it costs to do uh, a license, it varies by about a factor of 10. Like some states, it might only be um, a couple hundred thousand dollars to open a dispensary. And then there's this guy throwing us some money. Yeah, the yeah. THCA market will triumph over cannabis monopolies. Uh, we shall see on that because if the THCA market is shut down by a change in the rules uh, to drop the word Delta or Delta 9 from the uh, definition of hemp, it's all illegal. But uh, in that course right there, you learn uh, about how much it costs and what it can make. And so like in our limited market state, it cost about $2 million to make a dispensary. And they really? do about six to $800,000 in revenue a month because it's a monopoly, a quasi-monopoly. Um, yeah. I'm sure some of those websites that are selling all that weed are probably ripping, like just making pretty good money. Yeah. Well, and that's the uh, the exciting part. Like, this is why you're here, right? Wait, 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 wait. But this just said, and Illinois has yet to issue out social equity license yet. So how long has it been now? Six months? Well, yeah, I did a I did a video on that yesterday. And so it has not been six months. It has been five. And so mm. I, I did a loom video because, uh, you know, it, you want to make sure that you do everything that the regulators have said and then you've complied entirely so they don't restrict or revoke your license. Yeah. And then you also know that sometimes they make mistakes. So I made sure to do like a, a loom video for our files so that it's like, here's what they asked for. Here it is exactly. And it's in their upload portal. But this this process is just like any sort of uh, regulation or uh, legislation. It's just it's never fast. It's not it's nothing to it's going to be expedient where. People are free out of jail all of a sudden, and now seeds are for sale at the store. You know, it, eventually there's these just different levels of boundaries that are getting pushed, you know, and, and you know, we're fortunate enough to be a part of that limited market. It's going to be very 
nice once things uh, happen. And then, you know, to share the uh, the knowledge. I mean, if we would, if it was our choice, like the thing we've been advocating for for years would be like this overall swiping of the pin and tomorrow everybody can grow. But it's just not a way how things are, you know, even the, the, the States Act thing being proposed. You know, it, it's just a, a feeble motion to me, I think, you know, when you still have the MORE Act and the uh, Safe Banking Act, you know, all these things are just going to die. They're just, just just stroking us for why, you know, and but this is how it happens. Each state's going to knock it out first or different little uh, individual parts of like the, the letter to the DEA. And, and then, you know, these are just foundations for the thing that's to come. But it's yeah. just not fast. I know, but it's it's so highly regulated, and so then there's just no regulations, if you call it hemp, or like way fewer. And then every state has allowed, uh, and so there's just maybe about 10 states that are the ones where all the THCA flower is currently coming from, because they're the ones that are just following the USDA rules that say test it 30 days before harvest, and you're done. Uh, and yeah. so then that's, that's where it all comes from, but... Um, you know, I, I'm in, in the video that I'll do, like, and I've done these videos for four years, five next year, you go buy weed from the dispensary and you turn it over. And if they break out total THC or THCA, you will see that it's high likelihood that it probably qualifies for hemp, which of course, you know, oh, until, you burn. until you, until you spark it on fire. And so like, that's the, the thing that I don't get, like your THCA pre-roll, if you use that as directed, it's a crime. Like what other product is out there where if you use it as directed, it's a crime. Yeah. And, and like a handgun is one of them, but not always. Like, you know, there's there's legitimate usage for that. Like with that pre-roll, at least at the federal level, or if you are in like Wyoming, something like that, where any possession is, is still a crime, there's no de decriminalization. Um, it, it's just so interesting that if you use the product as directed, it is a crime. Like Delta yeah. 8, you can't say that, you know, uh, Delta 9 gummies, you also can't say that, you know, because of the weight. But then with THCA mm. flour, you can. But like overall legalization, how we like, at least I, I pictured it as a young and is like, like the, the, the kind of regulation on like a pig farm or a broccoli farm, right? Like it's just, you're actually monitoring the actual product and then perhaps maybe the commerce in between. But uh the only real legalization, I think, is the lab regulation. But, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Tom, did you freeze or did I freeze? Shoot. Anybody uh, in the chat? Uh, are you back? Did we? Oh, uh, did I freeze? I think we both froze. And then, oh, like, we both I froze. Mean, yeah. And so are we still online? I'm yes, assuming I see. So. There's still 375 people here. All right. Speakeasy bud. Best one right there. Hey, um, I think it's going to. I mean, like, will there be licenses for them or will this whole industry just exist? And then can we buy the Delta eight or the THCA flower online and like completely avoid the uh, and just sh stock our shelves with that? And then, yeah, you know, it, it, there's so many different weird uh, questions that you get into when you see that. And then I was I went to a, a Christmas party with all these other lawyers locally and, um, you know, and I explained to them, like, hey, do you guys know what this is? They're like, no. Do you know how long it takes to flower a plant? No. And so, like, these are lawyers. They have no fucking yeah. clue. And and the lawyers are the ones that very often become the legislatures and make up the rules and the, and the laws. And you're like, uh-oh, right. these guys don't know what they're doing. We better start <laughs> creating rules for ourselves. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I mean, if you want to help change, you got to get involved. You know, uh, if you're 18 and older, you can't play in the game, but you can vote. You know, you can, yeah, you can a couple do more years, you can. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then you can stay yourself up for good branding. You know, it's only a matter of time a new youth comes out and says, "Hey, here's the new cookies too." You know, whatever that is. Well, but, yeah, it's been runs. Basically, uh, <laughs> you 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 have a rap star, and then you have a new cut that's really really good, and then they rap about it, and then you go from state to state passing that stuff out. At least that's kind of what I've seen. Uh, well, cookies, boycott uh, cannabis monopolies by THCA. Um, cannabis monopolies are something that we should avoid. I think I don't. Uh, I don't like what's happening in Alabama. Um, mm. Illinois is kind of open, but like kind of closed and regulated. Illinois is similar to Washington State. I think that's a, a better balance because if you're going to cost, if you're going to make a, a dispensary cost two million dollars, 
and everybody can open one, they're just going to start going out of business left and right, especially considering that their whole inventory is available for sale online and they'll ship it to you right now. I mean, a fair market will, one day is the, the ideal, right? Your good weed will prevail. Like here in Washington, we saw uh, an actual pure capitalism pre-tax, you know, existence. And that was neat to see these thriving and also the strains and, and the, 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 the varieties out there because people are trying harder. So, but also there is going to have to be that regulation, that structure uh, for commerce, you know, essentially. Yeah. And you know what we need to do? We need to get another 15 more people watching this stream so we can have 420 people watching us while we talk about this next uh, story. This next story, top five states of 2023 for new markets. We're not going to consider THCA as legal weed, even though it is nationwide. Let's talk about the states that actually changed their laws and have opened up licensed markets around the country for 2023. We're going to start with New York. New York is what I have called uh, to other people and clients a shit show. And I uh, have some New York council that I, I follow and I d haven't done really any. I had like one card client and I was like, here, do this, this and this. He did. He won. I mean, like I charged him like nice. an hour of time. Well, it was it was similar to like how we won where you're like, I really don't know how people are, 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 are selling this. <laughs> um, but then uh, what happened then is it completely got into a lawsuit. It took forever. And then uh, that lawsuit has finally been resolved. Guess what they got? Licenses. And now I've been told that there are 3,500 plus applications for dispensaries mm. that have been received by their uh, regulation authority, the Office of Cannabis Management, which means that there's probably going to be, because if it's not a limited state, that might mean that uh, New York is saturated. Like, like saturated, like one dispensary per 5,000 people. And that doesn't count all of the um, uh, bodegas. It doesn't count all of the gas stations selling THCA pre-rolls, anything like right, that. Right. What? The market's still going to work itself out. I mean, if you're good, you're good. I, I would hope. Oh, yes. If you're good and you're just you're a sick operator. Oh, there we go. We passed 420 viewing. Nice. Hey, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas. And of course, click that like button and then uh, leave us a comment. You can join the live chat right now. If it's too late, leave us a comment down there. It really helps the algorithm and helps us grow our channel. Hopefully next year we'll hit 100,000, but we'd have to double yeah, yeah. the size. Smash and subscribe. Smash that subscribe. And then we're going to talk about Connecticut, the land of 3 million people. And uh, they have started, but they are a very limited market state. Only four producers currently. Catch-all term for vertically integrated innovators and manufacturers. Uh, I helped one of the social equity growers win. I need to check in with them to see how their operational. Um, uh, I'm rolling money, right? We're only four producers? Uh, no, no, because then like they they charged the social equity operators three million bucks, and then you oh have to get you have to get operational, and you have to like start with fifteen thousand square feet of canopy space. So to build that fifteen thousand square feet of canopy space is a lot of equipment, and then yeah, it's yeah. a highly regulated state. So they're going to want you to build like a six hundred thousand dollars security system uh, around that building, uh, and so it's it's. Uh, oppressively expensive when you have these limited market states that make it very, very difficult to uh, cultivate the product. Was uh, uh, income uh, part of that equity application like it was here in Washington? That kills me though. It's like, it's like, hey, you have to be poor enough to, to play, to, to be, uh, get this special license, but at the same time, now pull two million out of your culo. There you go. Now go pull a rabbit out of your hat. Uh, and Seriously. that is our next state that legalized it missouri they launched on february 3rd they have just been a barn burner uh making products and having lower prices than they do in illinois so much so that a lot of the people that were buying um uh, it from illinois they now buy from missouri like if they're on the border of even like you would when i bought that eighth in missouri it was like 45 bucks out the door i'm like man this is not bad uh, yeah. However, 
they just had a licensing round for social equity there, like you uh, are, are qualified and eligible simply because of that arrest, which makes it a lot cleaner of an application. But a lot of the people that won were, uh, they won pursuant to income requirements. And that makes it a lot more difficult to do that uh, layer, uh, uh, level of proof, which yeah. led to about a quarter of the uh, victories um, being, you know, uh, denied because they weren't able to then prove their eligibility. So that, you know, that's why I was freaking out in Illinois. I'm like, oh, okay, let's make sure we're eligible. <laughs> no, I know. I, 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 I mean, Tom triple checked every time I said, like, yeah, I qualify for it. So I like it. Let me make sure this record is traceable to this so we can figure out. And that's the whole point of all this like processy. Uh, you know, Tom, you got it worked out as a lawyer. You know, you how many licenses have you wanted? Oh, uh, we've mm -hmm. won dozens. We've won dozens of licenses. Yeah. But like, you have to be neurotically meticulous, and so, but or get a hemp license, and then it's it's one of those things where you're mm -hmm. like neurotically meticulous and and following all the rules and trying to be a good little license holder and and change the the policies that have just hurt people and redistribute the wealth back to those neighborhoods that were injured, uh, and and help people that were d directly touched by the the war on drugs. Uh, get into the industry if they want. Uh, yeah. And then you have other states where it's just freewheeling uh, and, and anybody can get in. Like uh, New Mexico, we were there. They think yeah. that's going to be the next Smoklahoma and uh, it'll be leaking product or a lot of hemp will go outside of that state. I don't know, man. I think if you're in New Mexico and you have good weed or a good store, you know, you, you have a steady uh, foundation and reputation. You know, there's, it doesn't take a lot to like not push that boundary, you know? I mean, like be, be content, you know, there's a, a cash flow that's happening consistently that you don't have to uh, do the international or national thing. You know, New Mexico had some fire weed when we were down there. I was very impressed. Oh yeah, New Mexico. And so it's not, and then the, if we were opening a dispensary in New Mexico, it would cost us one-tenth of what it would cost us yeah. in Illinois. I mean, we did a tour of Stoned Ape, and then uh, interestingly enough, I met the other Stoned Ape at MJ Biz, and then- Yeah, that sorry. was awkward. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, but you know, we we saw their uh, store and took a tour of it, and, and it is, it was like a couple hundred thousand bucks for them to get operational or less. And so ours will be like two million because of the compliance yeah. requirements that not only the municipality, but also the state will impose on you because they think that you're going to be rich and raking in money. And they have no fucking clue that your same products are currently being sold by a guy without a license at that gas station down the street. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a component of it. But also, you know, uh, we're going to be fortunate enough to be in a limited license state where the, the people who want weed are going to have to come to our store. Whereas Stone Ape down in New Mexico, he's got to actually be more vigilant and be like an actual like restaurant person. Like you show up to fucking work every day, you well, know, and we're we're going to approach the management from that perspective, even though right. we'll be management thankful does. that it'll be in a limited market state. But then uh, we're going to pretend like it's not simply because eventually there will be 600 dispensaries licensed yes. in the state of Illinois. And I think the definition of hemp will change for the third time. However, Maryland, they also legalized this past year. Maryland launched on July 1st of 2023. They have about 100 operational stores with the average mm. dispensary doing about $900,000 a month because Damn. it's such a limited market Damn. state. Their license window for social equity was a very strict uh process where you got pre-qualified so like uh, a lot of the stuff that happened in missouri where they said no you're not qualified go to the next person mm -hmm. that administration was done on the front end so you can't get into the lottery unless they've already blessed you so then you, then you have that to make sense five percent uh, but it was just very difficult to um you know uh make sure that you followed all the rules and the regulations in maryland when you were uh, applying for that and they're going to give out these social equity licenses and then some people say like right behind them are just going to be a regular round and i'm like wait a minute you're giving all these licenses into a state where it costs like two million dollars a highly regulated state to open that dispensary to social yeah. equity applicants and then you're going to dilute them immediately interesting well, is it more about then just giving the other people a head start? Like, this is what you're paying for at that point? 
Um, uh, it's it's about allowing the social equity applicants a seat at the table and having uh, their own licenses as well that can be operational. Yeah. But then, you know, the the investment uh, dollars might not be there. They'll just get skipped over because it's a sixty five thirty five. Uh, partnership with your social equity members. And then if they just have another round right behind them uh, yeah. of regular people that they can buy and sell their licenses, then like some cool. people win licenses to flip them. And so yeah. they just allow that uh, immediately after they've done this other licensing and you're not allowed to sell, uh, you can't sell the 65% for like five years uh, on mm. the social equity licenses. And so they just might not, they might just be stuck in the mud. We'll see. That is pretty harsh. Mississippi is a low barrier entry, uh, lack of licensing caps, and streamlined application process. Very easy to get a uh, cannabis license in Mississippi until you try to do it uh, somewhere that doesn't want you. And so you have to do some due diligence there to figure out where you can open. That is interesting. I mean, I imagine... Uh, I wonder what kind of conversation cannabis is in Mississippi. You know, I, I was in Biloxi uh, for the for Navy, went to school down there. And the South is, a, it's like separate from Texas. You know, it's like another part of America that's not part. So I'm, I'm curious if like they embrace it or they view it as like the devil's lettuce. You know, I, they're growing I don't want to be like this soon. Uh, huh? They're growing, it says they're growing too much of it. It says critical issue we face is oversupply of flour. And again, that's one of the things where, you know, the easiest license to always win is processing. Uh, And uh, how can Dank of Ganja sponsor your show? Uh, Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, hit us up, uh, Michael. And then uh, we we would have you be the 420 somewhere sponsor. We could also have guests that are sponsors. Uh, We have to be really careful of complying with YouTube regulations. And so that's one of the things like... You know, sometimes we we try to do like a little post about uh, cruise chews and give you a link for some of those. And, the, you know, Cheech and Sean cruise chews, like they'll give them to you for free. It's just that we have to be uh, it's about education and it, it has to be yeah. in compliance with YouTube guidelines. Otherwise, they'll pull us down. So, like, I could try to do a, a ranking of the top 10 uh, THCA flower uh, websites that might get the channel like at least a strike. And then that video would probably get deleted. Uh, which is strange, you know, but yeah. True. yeah. Well, no, no, we get dinged just for the conversation, whether it be Facebook, uh, uh, fucking uh, Instagram, or you know, whatever freaking media we're, we're, we're on, it or doesn't we are live matter. on Instagram. If we're live on Instagram, press seven. There you go. But I don't think I see mostly YouTube comments right now. I, I, and again, it's quirky, right? We got to work out the bugs. Maybe I'll start fucking around and trying to do lives today with it to see. But, okay. Yeah, because it's, uh, a, it's a new yeah. feature on StreamYard, and that is the wrap-up of the five states that hey. started the market this year. Check it out. Those cruise trees are fire. Oh, well, let's uh, give them some more cruise chews then. I mean, like, because Tommy Chong's company will give them to you for free if you go... Let me copy this URL. What up, man? Go right on over there. And there it is. I'll put it into the chats. And so that's that's where you can find yourself some free samples of cruise juice. I've yet to do even the edibles I got from goddamn uh, MJ Biz. I still, I, I'm just a flower guy. I just always smoke. And then mm-hmm. even this vape, I got this uh, live rosin vape, which is tasty, but uh, I'm not a vapor either. I just fucking like smoking most. What I want to get is a vape though for dry flower. Like they do have those. those I used good. to not like those. I have yeah. Yeah. And so I, I they're nice. Uh, I do also smoke flour and I do edibles, but uh, vapes are great for travel. Yes. And like inconspicuousness. 100% travel too. Like in case, like if you're in the wrong state, like Idaho or Texas that don't believe in women's rights, that uh, you got to get rid of it quick. (laughs) That's that's when you go, no, no, officer. It's THCA hemp. I bought it on the internet. It's completely legal. Keep it away from fire and pregnant women. I'm too brown for that calmness. Oh, right. I've forgotten. I, I will, yeah, I'll, I'll start signing all my checks with privilege and then uh, <laughs> give that to the top. Like, oh, Officer Timpson, who should I make this donation out to? 
Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. This, was, this was one of the things we briefly mentioned, but we can, you know, we can kind of mention it again. Quarter of Missouri cannabis micro business applicants deemed ineligible. It's one of those things where, uh, oh, they're, they're talking about Canazoned. And so they had, they actually applied, oh. there were 10% of the applications for dispensaries. Canazoned connected to 104 of them. Uh, and, you know, the independent found that applicants, they're partnering with the Michigan Investor. And they signed agreements that gave them control and all profits of the business. Craigslist ads, uh, a Missouri firm amended two consultants as connected to more with uh, 80 applicants. And um, uh, good, we did our job. Like We like to comply with all terms and conditions of all the laws and not uh, make a big fuss when uh, winning. Uh, and, and then you have to follow all the rules and regulations. And then so we have a very thick screening process for eligibility prior yeah. to uh, helping the social equity applicants um, you know apply with uh, uh, you know partners or like consultants or whatever the state requires for compliance because you you want to win and you want to therefore you have to win the right way you know Right. And not just about winning, but having a plan too, right? Because once you win and you don't have $2 million, it's about a partnership because uh, honestly, people are going to, there are people being unfairly treated and handed in a bag, but also there's potential for win-win. You don't have to be a, a person to suck at this, you know? Right. Uh, you know, and it's, it, the demand is thick. I mean, like there's going to probably be 4,000 yeah. applications for dispensaries in New York by the end of tomorrow when the application window closes. And so uh, we have another uh, article about Illinois. This is interesting. They are going to freeze the transporter licenses. And so that's this SB 1559. They will be freezing the transporter licenses and also uh, waiting to even charge the ten dollars to $20,000 that it costs to have that license each year because they have no business. This just in, they haven't issued their social equity licenses yet. But that's different. And so like the dispensary no, would still need a transporter to be able to bring the product to it. It's just that there's there, it's an unlimited license. And so there's nothing that restricts a dispensary or a grow from buying their own uh, transportation oh. license. And so now there is, they'd have to, uh, we'd, we'd prefer to contract, you know, with somebody that has it and then they can, sure. they can do our fulfillment. Uh, and, and so we'll look into our options on that, you know, and see what our partners that we, you know, in, in theory, will be partnering with it much in the future after we can become operational are doing mm -hmm. or what other people are, are doing in the industry. But yeah, there was been no, no restriction. So like a lot of people that got like a grow license or have a big license, they have their own trucks because there was no restriction. So like we bought from Cresco, let's say, or Curly, yeah. Curly trucks would come in and deliver the product. Yeah. I'm surprised this even happened though. Like at what point, what, what union, what, uh, organization wanted restrictions, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if there was no restrictions at one time, like it doesn't always have to be restrictions. Like, you know, what for regular, what regulation is, uh, these are just things that necessarily you function amongst and to get through. So I get now, like once we open the store, we'll have, um, UPS and weed show up now, but why, 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 <laughs> you know, whatever. But, but no, what we're, monopoly? And then, and then we have to do inventory, and then we have to check it all into your yeah. system. And so there's right. all that seed to sale tracking, and so the, the sale has haven't happened yet. And so there's a lot of tracking that you have to do, uh, unless you call it THCA and just sell it on the internet. But mm. let's do some uh, shit we were not expecting this week. There was some, as it is the cannabis industry. Check this noise out. Axios wants me to sign up for something, but more Washingtonians are smoking cannabis as they get older. And then uh, he said, yeah, me. And I go, hey, this is about people that are 65 and older. He goes, me in a few years. And, uh, oh, yeah, yep. So Washingtonians with age 25 to 34 has the highest usage rates of about 26.7% down from 28.8% in 2019, which is kind of annoying. Um, and so that's because yeah. like 80% yeah. of people use alcohol, 80 to 90% of people use alcohol. But even in uh, an OG of Washington state, it's still like it couldn't even crack 30%. That's one out of uh, what, not even one out of three people. 
Dude, the funniest thing about legalization is, uh, especially here in Washington, when I moved out here, you know, there's this perception of like gangsters and, 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 and shady alleys and shit. And when the medical market happened out here, it was more octogenarians and, you know, just people who were just like believers of like health and shit. Like, I imagine the numbers even greater than that. This is 9.4% for Washingtonians that are 65 and over, which just means one in 10 old person, even in Washington, doesn't use the product. And nationally, they say it's 8.4% of, uh, uh, you know, people that are 65 and older use it, which is like nothing. It's like less than one in 10. And so how many dispensaries are in Washington state? 450 dispensaries across Washington state. Yeah, I wonder, so they call it dispensaries. I wonder if that's the store market overall, because we don't have dispensaries pretty much anymore. We don't have uh, medical dispensaries. We have pot shops. That's all we have. Like dispensary, you have to like, first off, get a medical, you know, whatever the process is, certificate, and then go to the dispensary, present it. And then, you know, you'll choose your variety then. But yeah, we don't have and our medical program pretty much has been mostly killed. Uh, I mean, there are people trying to make compliant tax free weed. But mm -hmm. the, you know, we'll see, uh, the, you know, they're, they're, they just had a meeting, the Cannabis Alliance. Um, I want to say this is the good thing about some of those organizations when they do proactive shit for patients and for prisoners. You know, there's uh, there are things that still need to be worked out socially with this plant when it comes to the regulations as well. So. You know it. And then uh, and it's just one of these things where. Oh, shit. Yep. Steezy. Founder built an LA cannabis empire while being a landlord to illegal dispensaries. And so you can't really get in the industry unless you're also in the uh, non licensed part of the industry very often. It seems. Yeah. I, I totally think that, dude. I mean, we're in this big gray area of existence. And it's, it's unfortunate. We're, you know, uh, ideally, it's funny. I see Stizzy products still, I, I've seen them in the, in the black market, traditional market. That I ordered online. I didn't go to a store. Some dude showed up to my house where I was staying at and and dropped off some Stizzy vapes. Um, and, and, you know, Stizzy has a specific battery to, to, to use it with. So mm. uh, I know for sure that it was a Stizzy market fucking brand created, you know, vape. Because, like, why would you create uh, any other type of battery, right? If you're going to, like, just copyright some shit, we buy, like, shitty batteries anyways. Because you would think, ah, you know, fool me once or whatever. But... I legit think they're involved for sure. It's a lifestyle brand that sells clothing, hosts live events, and donates money to social justice causes. Uh, Steezy's co-founder is known as Mr. Huang. And so this is with Tony Huang. Uh, he has other businesses that have been a landlord to uh, illegal cannabis dispensaries, which I'm shocked. That's why it's you know, shit we weren't <laughs> expecting. Well, and then I heard this, there's there's rumor has that there's organizations in it because I believe they're in L.A. area. They're calling right. for a protest, right? Like they're just like mad now. But like, what are you mad about? Mad that they were in the judicial set of markets or mad that the recreational this whole thing about like uh, people making money at weeds fucking ridiculous, like or getting mad at people for it. Um, right. But then it's, it's a licit market activity. And so uh, it's one of those where I uh, uh, he could lose his license, but it's California. Yeah. He'll just continue on as with his business because he has made a lifestyle brand, which, you know, Steezy, um, sometimes well, pronounced Steezy, is it looks like that kind of stuff where people are like, oh, I'm cool because I'm wearing this, or I'm cool because I'm wearing a cookies uh, shirt that I paid 60 bucks for. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. They're at that, that part of like, uh, existence where it's uh you know they got a board they got you know it's it's a it's funded by like a hedge group now it's not you know and that's money that that guy generated from this so like states love tax money they'll figure out how to get their piece of it it's just a matter of like that's why they won't get crushed i don't think right away or the mm -hmm. process just again regulations and and, and uh, judicial shit takes years to you know extended months not like next week as you would think right and so uh this next story is um, shit that I wasn't expecting until you realize that THCA flower is everywhere and sold at gas stations. Uh, here mm -hmm. we go. And uh, it is a story out of Charlotte, North Carolina, which is one of the states where the uh, a lot of the THCA hemp flower is currently being grown because it's a USDA state. 
Charlotte police released body video cam, I'm sorry, body cam video of viral arrest of a black woman. And so now you can really see what that what happened. And she's like, what the fuck did I do wrong? Uh, and she's asking that she bought a, uh, in the videos, her and her fiance were sitting at a bus stop in front of Bojangles on Tyrone street. When two officers approached and asked if they were smoking weed, they go, no, this ain't weed. This is THCA hemp. We got it from a smoke shop. And then, uh, they, the officers then said, uh, it was weed and arrested them. And they're like, we got it from a smoke shop. What are you talking about? One officer's grabbed Pierre by arm and yanked her off the seat. And then uh, Kevin Petrius said the officer was trying to remove her from the situation. And she inserted herself back into it a few uh, minutes later. She's just trying to get her stuff, she said. And then the cop then punched her in the face and she fell to the ground. This is because she was smoking a THCA uh, cigarette, which, of course, <laughs> if you're smoking it, by definition, is marijuana. But then not only that, uh, I thought in North Carolina, they do have a decriminalization uh, bill. I thought it was like decrimmed for like uh, maybe up to a half ounce or something like that. I'd have to, well, they I'd should. Have to recheck it. Well, not every state has a decrim bill, you know, and, and no. so. Yeah. But this is cl clearly a, like a harassment thing, right? Like the, this is why the, the law that we have enables bad behavior from policing because uh, you know, if this cop had some other like thing about crime, you know, she was only harassed because she was smoking and he smelled fucking low hanging fruit, you know, let me go harass this, 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 this person with her fiance, enjoy themselves quietly, you know, not bothering people, you know, right. let me go fuck with your life now. Cause that's what happens right. when you enable this sort of interaction with law enforcement and average citizens, which is, they are, you know, that, right. It's out. Well, again, like it could also then be uh, possession partially decriminalized. Okay, so here's here's what Google says it is, uh, and it's for a law firm for uh, defense attorneys in in um, North Carolina, so it's probably accurate. North Carolina is partially decrim marijuana possession of a half ounce or less. That offense is now a class three misdemeanor, does not carry a sentence of imprisonment. However, it's got a maximum fine of two hundred dollars, and a cop may punch you in the face. Hmm. So, yeah, he's probably going to be facing some liability there. Uh, and then it's just one of those things of, OK, so you have a possession, but they'd still like it's legal for me to have a beer. It's not legal for me to open that beer up and drink it in public. So it might be one of those types of things, you know, or even what is it legal to smoke a cigarette, though? I mean, that'd be the more equivalent to the thing. Like if they were smoking a cigarette, would they have been harassed? Would there have been a punch to the face? You know, no. it would have been a hey, put that put that out, you know, and. Uh, the, the law itself just enables bad behavior. That's why it needs to be decrimmed, you know, everywhere. But right. Yep. Yeah. Well, in uh, dormant commerce clause news, and this is out of Green Market Report, Michigan man who sued mm -hmm. New York over cannabis licensing goes after Washington State. The Michigander has been suing state and city governments over cannabis licensing residency requirements. This is a dormant commerce clause case that uh, I've actually successfully brought the, and I've, I've never had to continue with it because everybody that brought it in the lawsuit suddenly was going to be able to get a, a license. Um, but these types of lawsuits are fascinating and it has to do, and then there's, there's a, a complaint right here, which is nice. I'll probably save this and just keep it in my hip pocket so that in case, uh, I need to file a lawsuit against the state of Maryland, for example, okay. that has, uh, these residency requirements, even though they said that they don't have residency requirements, it was impossible for a non-resident to apply in Maryland. So they do have mm -hmm. litigation risk based on the dormant commerce clause. But what's the uh, the rabbit out of the butt here? Like, what are they saying as far as because like that was not a requirement here, in Washington State. The the Is biggest so issue, is, uh, challenge the... to the Washington's residency requirement and the social equity scoring criteria. This court rejected mm. an challenge to Washington's residency requirements earlier this year and should do so again. And then they cite to the one case that came out of Washington state that said the only reason why the dormant commerce clause doesn't apply is because it's a schedule one substance. And so that case needs to be revisited uh, in about six months or so when it's then a schedule three substance. But if they don't clean up the dormant commerce clause issue, that might uh, lead to a lot more lawsuits just like this one, where you have to let everybody participate, even if they don't live in your state. 
But I mean, like that's not it wasn't a state thing though. There was there was that uh, zoning record, uh, like 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 we did for our state or for your for uh, Illinois, where you entered the address and tells you if you're poor or not. Period. Right. And then that's what that the arrest and and uh, there was a third one, but it was not state requirement. So I think he's already going to lose because even in the original initial round of licenses, it had nothing to do with about state requirement. It had everything to do about just having money. Like, yeah, I'm sorry you didn't have a million dollars. 12 years ago when it happened but uh you know that's, that's what happened yeah you know uh, well we'll, we'll kind of watch that lawsuit and there's several other lawsuits that i like to watch in the industry but um you know Chad says it's, progress. it's progress so there is a, uh they completed their social equity around here in washington State, and i think they're just sitting i haven't heard honestly do I, I haven't seen any release of names that's my only contender with Washington State. Uh, some people said that there have been informed they won, but like, and again, they're in a quandary like we are. We're just like waiting for somebody else to say, okay, here's the uh, requirements for your next step. You know, for the you know what I like to do when we're in a quandary, whether it's <laughs> you know, yes, man, and then. All right, that's what we're fighting for, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this may also be a THCA, uh, but it, it's all THCA. No, it's all THCA. It always has been, it, which is <laughs> kind of hilarious. This, it, just like this ho 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 Santa Christmas sweater of mine, is um, a holiday strain. And so, think of a holiday name that might be this strain. Uh, and, and that's what that is. It's got some parents because it's crossing of Berkeley blues and Hawaiian haze plum. Mm. And, and that uh, Hawaiian haze plum helps with half of the new, the name on it. So I'm not sure if anybody uh, knows this. This is a Stony Girl Gardens award winning sativa. And uh, it's a festively named holiday theme Christmas. Uh, you know, it's there's a a ballet, I believe that, uh, or yeah, I think it's a the ballet. fairies, the fairies, yes, right, right, the fairies, uh huh. And you know, we'll just give them a couple more minutes. We're getting a lot of guesses out here. Gary Payton, Jack Harris. Oh, there we go. Fruit cake. That's not it. That was four and a half fingers. Four and a half fingers. Sugar plum. That's it. Sugar plum right there. Uh, sugar plum is from Stony Girl Gardens, an award-winning sativa bred by crossing Berkeley blues and Hawaiian haze plum. With a tropical and earthy flavor, sugar plum produces a hard-hitting, long-lasting cerebral effects, good for beginners to grow, and a flowering period of 35 days for indoor gardens, which I don't believe in the slightest. I can't believe that would be five weeks. A five-week flowering period to get that frosty? Heck no. I just... I'd like to see that, you know. I mean, you do grow. I, I have no opinion. I mean, like, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it might. I don't know. I haven't seen. I wish. And that's the whole importance about home grow, right? Like, to understand the plant better, you know, to, to, to experience it. Like, hey, you've been growing for how long now? Since we've been podcasting. Like, you remember that little tree you made? Look like Christmas. Uh, uh, Charles that, was Brown? A, that was a pH problem. I still had pH problems <laughs> when I was traveling uh, because my pH meter broke. And so I was kind of flying blind and the pH was too high. And I was trying to, now I'm growing in rock wool. And so rock mm. wool is a lot more unforgiving than soil. And, uh, um, I got a pH meter back, and so things were okay, but there was some uh, some stress to the plant with the nutrient lockout. No, it was a Charlie Brown Christmas. That was amazing, dude. Yep, yep. It was pretty <laughs> hilarious. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, and that's, that's the thing that you need to do is you need to make sure that you get yourself the right pH and a pH tester. Otherwise, you're going to be fucking up the plants. Oh, yeah. Shit, it's been yep. an hour. I know you got another uh, show for us, or, or, or are you ready to wrap it up? You I got, got the something queued up. Twelve strains of Christmas. Oh, let's do the twelve strains of Christmas, and then that's our show. All right. Twelve no, strains of Christmas coming from E One Hundred One Labs. Uh, number one, Christmas Kush. Or shit, I should have done ten and down, huh? <laughs> Whoops, that's okay. Hey, we're trying. What a better way to spend the holiday season than to relaxing by the fire with a cup of hot cocoa and a pipe full of Christmas Kush strain. Uh, THC levels are 
Hmm. Yeah, of course, you know, that's probably accurate. I mean, not everybody is, I I still don't believe anything over like 37%, but you know, some people smart. Anything 30%, I don't trust. I don't believe um, the, the, the experience behind it. Um, so, and then Jack Frost, that's a neat strain. Just because you live in a place that doesn't get snow, doesn't mean you still can't have a white Christmas. Ha. Jack Frost. <laughs> visually stunning strain with a bunch of trichomes. I, I wish they included pictures here. That would have been dope. Yeah, that would have been dope. Oh, well. We got oh, well. a Christmas What's tree. Christmas tree? I've never heard of that strain. It sounds made up to me. Same. So, yeah, same with Christmas cookies. I, anything? You got a familiarity with that one out there? Nope. I'd imagine Christmas tree would be like a piney thing, right? Like like you had that piney, uh what's that what's that uh terpene? Pining. And Christmas cookies would be like that, uh like a gingerbread, maybe, like a, a gassy, maybe? I would Perhaps. think. Perhaps it'll be gassy. Jesus OG. I have seen this. I had not don't remember oh, it's a cross uh with Hell's OG and Jack the Ripper. In a condominium hybrid. Jack the Ripper. Nice. Oh, yeah. Get that Jesus OG. I would just say, just because I say I need some Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. some, some Christmas OG. Never heard of this one. Uh, Christmas train. Uh, Zach and the Angel Christmas OG remains in mystery. Just like every other freaking strain out there to me. Every uh, other freaking strain. I, that's going to be the name of our strain. It's just weed or every other weed and something like right? that. generic <laughs> generic weed it won't sell it's too generic well after we get the pot store and i reinvest i'm gonna open up another store called pot store that's why my my dream when i was in college uh there was a store down the street called the store we we're all going to the store that's where you got your, like your whippets and all the other mm-hmm. shit but, uh kush i've heard of it um definitely a dank kush probably huh like indica uh, cannabis cup uh, high times winner in 2010 and 2011 though nice christmas lights never heard of them nope there's so many so many that uh-huh. uh, i've never heard of three kings i have actually heard of that one really uh, hawaiian snow yeah uh, roger used to fuck around with that strain and he'd call okay. it make new stuff like called king crasher stuff like that and, mm. you know, yep. and then uh, hawaiian, so, snow? hawaiian snow yep. oh there it oh, is shit. number 12 we did it. Yes. Look at us. Permafrost is definitely an OG name. Yeah. Uh, number 11. And uh, that's all, folks. That's right. That's our show. And we are here to wish you a happy holiday season. Uh, any holiday that you want to celebrate, we will be off next week. But then I think we're going to come on and do uh, a New Year's show, perhaps. Unless we'll see. Because in uh, two weeks to New Year's Eve, we might do something about like uh, predictions for 2024 next year. Uh, we'll yeah, do yeah. that in two weeks. I do need to finish that script that I have open right there and like another script about this auto thing that's going to happen. Uh, nice. More stuff on THCA and more stuff on Schedule 3. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll see you in a couple yes. of weeks. Merry Christmas. Wait, am I allowed to say that?